Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we examine the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. With that being said, while we do like to do our homework and get some facts for you all, a lot of this is opinion-based, and this is just a place for Keegan and I to vent and chat and... Laugh it out? Laugh it out and just explore our own opinions on this stuff. And That's hopefully right. you guys get to share your opinions as well. And to learn new things. I love learning new things all the time. Me and too. Um, it's specifically this in this um, particular subject matter is really important to me, and I love learning new stuff about it. So right, and for me too, it's like because I am such a self-proclaimed feminist, I feel mm-hmm. like if I'm gonna be continuing to use that label, I need to know as much of mm-hmm. about it as I can mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, and it's about welcoming um, you all into our dialogue and our personal growth. And I w- I'm so happy that we're doing this because I think it's going to be really fun and interesting to kind of track our progression and our growth and look yeah. back on how much we've grown oh in God, totally. a year from now, you know, yeah. and how much more we know and how much, you know, better yeah. we are at this. <laughs> well, and that being said, too, I just want to remind everyone to always be nice. We will always take criticism, but I feel like the most constructive criticism is helpful criticism. You know, if you're going to add something to the conversation, have it be kind, have it be helpful, have it be a way of lifting somebody up instead of taking somebody else down. Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly right. We're very open to learning. And, oh my god, and I'm so open to being wrong because I'm open. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wrong so much of the time. Most of the time, I just admit that I'm wrong. Before totally. I give in so easily to being wrong at this point. Well, because you don't want to like. I, I know for me, like if I'm in an argument and someone is like, "No, you said this," and like sometimes I just don't remember, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Yeah, like, okay, yeah." And then if I said that, like, I'm sorry, or if I said that, you know whatever and I'm very okay with being wrong. Yeah, I just same. I'm a very big believer in people being nice to others and having well, I don't it's, know. it's the only way that you're ever going to really have a constructive conversation. Right. Because if you're being rude, I'm not mm-hmm. even going to read what you have to say. Right. And vice versa. You can't come at people. It's it's very hard in the world of social media and like the world of the internet mm-hmm. because I feel like the first instinct is to be defensive yeah, whenever somebody mad. calls you out or says that you're wrong about something instead of yeah. just to like shut up and listen totally so yeah I just had a teacher once where we as a class were writing a script and um, I just remember what he said about um, don't make a comment unless it's going to be helpful for the entire class and it's for the benefit of the script you can't put someone down without adding something mm-hmm. positive to it mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of stuck with me and I, I try to do that in my daily life yeah as well. 
And it's hard because, like, I I get Ugh, defensive so same. It, you know, well, even it, it, when it's not about yourself, even when it's just about a situation that you feel strongly about, you're just like, whoa, 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 wait, you have to listen to me now. A situation <laughs> or a subject, even, yeah. and it's really hard to try and like educate others or like fill them in on why it matters to you so much whenever you're so full of emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to kind of like take a step back and examine like your own reactions and behaviors, right? That's why it's good to be angry and not to be mad. <laughs> it's important to be angry. I think being oh, angry totally. is like super important. It's just what you do with it and like or whether or not it's productive. Or how you react to it. Like what your anger comes out as. Because sometimes I feel like angry people can be very aggressive or very, you know, whatever. And we have, you know, there's so many stereotypes behind what being angry means. Where mm-hmm. you can be angry and still be positive and to be Well, and I think that there's, there's a place for aggression. Like there's a place for totally. that kind of anger and and justifiable anger and being really like upset and at manifesting in kind of an aggressive way I think is there's a, a time and a place for that I think yeah. it's knowing when when that is and it can't be all the time right. for your own sake as much as for anybody else's oh my god you yeah know? I mean like I just remember this time last year like just being so angry all the time oh yeah because of the election and just like I was beating myself up and I was I just fell into this like pit of despair because I just felt that you and most of the country totally (laughs) and that was the thing is I knew I wasn't alone and Mm -hmm. I definitely started keeping those like positive like-minded people like close Mm -hmm. to me during Mm -hmm. that time because I needed it like it was just such a depressing um place that I found myself in yeah. So, well, Same. what was a year ago today, Keegan? Um, well, it's a, it's a year ago tomorrow was the um, Women's March of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year ago today was that sad, depressing day when I drank too much tequila uh, because <laughs> it was the inauguration day of uh, Donald J. Trump. Listen, you just got to really twist that knife. Right? Yeah, yeah got to like, twist it in there. Trump. Yeah, that's the official... Uh, that's the official presidential name. Uh, <sighs> so... So today was the Women's March mm-hmm. for 2018, um, and I went. I know you really wanted to go. Well, make sure just so people know that that's that's Keegan's voice you're hearing. This, yeah, that's, this is sure. Keegan. <laughs> this, Keegan went. Uh, Madigan hurt her knee, unfortunately. Because and I'm a clumsy, I'm your angry neighborhood klutz. <laughs> fucking tripped over a curb at Mons and <laughs> fell to the ground. It's not funny. I'm so sorry. No, it's funny. But like, oh my God. And these two women came running. I fell to the ground. Like I felt, I leapt into the air, groceries in hand, fell to the ground, split open my jeans, and, like, these two women immediately came, like, running at me, like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I just need to get out because I'm really embarrassed. Yeah, stop. You're making it worse. I was like, I'm really embarrassed. I'm really, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm really embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed. And they were just like, do you need, like, anything to, like, wipe your hands off? Or, like, are you okay? Do you need... I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need to go home. I need to go home. Please just leave me alone. (laughs) And I just, like, limped out of there and had to, like, I completely broke an entire bottle of wine. So I took 
I know. Oh my oh god. My god. No, I so. wish I wish I wish the audience could have seen my face right now. It's honestly it's sacrilege. It I, I one time broke an entire bottle of vodka. We're just gonna talk about alcohol every episode of this show, but I because listen, we drink. don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I I broke an entire it was for Anthony's birthday mm. and we were having people over and it was like a huge thing of vodka, like the big size. Oh, that's I knew we were really gonna, depressing. And it fell out of my freezer and <gasps> shot. I didn't even <gasps> open it. It never been opened. Oh, all no. of it gone. Like it was like kettle too. It was like all over my. Okay, floor. but that's what's horrible is that like it was all over your floor and it shattered. For me, it was like, it was the top half of the bottle was still kind of in its original shape. It was like the bottom had shattered. Oh. So I like limped to my car. I had just one <laughs> bag of groceries. And I could see the trail of wine oh. going behind me. And so I got in the car and I like took the like part of the bottle that was still together and I like limped over to the trash can at the front of the bonds and threw it away. I don't know why I didn't just wait till I got home, but in my mind I was like, it's gonna make a bigger mess in my car if I don't mm-hmm. throw this big piece away. And then when I got home, I just took my groceries out, rinsed them off with water, and then threw the bag with the glass away in it. And it was just it was horrible. And I I called my boyfriend and I was crying and he was like are you okay and I'm like yeah but I'm really embarrassed and like, I'm really my embarrassed. ego's bruised and he was just immediately he was like were you on your phone and I was just like this is not the time and hung up on not relevant <laughs> not relevant right now your girlfriend's bleeding but he I did tell him I was okay and that's that was his defense and I'm like okay but you should know <laughs> no my boyfriend does the same sort of thing I'm just no. like I'm not in the mood right now you can lecture me fucking later <laughs> or not at all you don't need to look I know I shouldn't have been on my phone <laughs> well, obviously I know but he in, in his defense he's always like I do this because I care about you and I don't want you to get hurt and I'm like I understand that but no but Listen, yeah we know we know the hazards okay we do it anyway I know. and we will continue I'm to like, do it it's anyway it's not like I was driving it's not like I was doing anything actually I was checking the angry neighborhood feminist Instagram page um, oh no you did this to her just, Listen. it's all your fault you are the reason I couldn't go to the women's march so I woke up this morning and tried to like move my leg like, I didn't even have to get out of bed I moved my leg and it hurt so bad that I knew I couldn't go I've got a lot of swelling under my knee in a certain mm-hmm. area and I have bad knees so I just I sat Called this one out day. and I instead just did some research and learned more things and well, that's good entrusted Keegan in her adventures with the march did you go to the march last year I okay I didn't sorry I wasn't trying to shame you no <laughs> I didn't because I had made plans so uh, Chris's birthday present last year was that he and all of our friends were going to Big Bear oh that's right so okay. I had planned way ahead of time mm-hmm. like around the election time that we were going to be doing this and like set the date and it was the the only day that like everyone could do it too and I wasn't even and really... getting in at Big Bear is kind of hard like it was. securing it was really, a weekend it was difficult and I think I think I even kind of like I think we finalized the date maybe like around Christmas time or something but like that wasn't on my radar mm-hmm. yeah I don't know was that even was it talked about? Um, I don't even remember. It, it may have been, but I know that like f- it, it probably was like the date may have been set. Yeah, but a lot of the details were still very like I fuzzy. I mean, I was just I don't think I I don't think it was on my radar. Right, but I was I was upset that I couldn't go, but I just I just remember like watching it on because I think it was mm-hmm. the day of the women's march was like the day that we were driving up there. Right. Okay. So I just remember like looking at my phone and stuff, but I'm really happy that both Keegan and I went to the. We went to a march march after Donald Trump was elected. Right. Um, We went, uh, it was like the weekend after. So he was elected on what, like a Thursday? Yeah. And then we went on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that That one. That was my first 
time ever doing it. I've really? only ever done one, and I loved it so much, which I was so excited that I was able to do it. This I took work off this morning. Yeah. Everything. I was so excited to do it, but, um, I've know. been to a few, and, you know, it's it's always a different experience. I have been to a few uh, Black Lives Matter protests, mm-hmm. and then I, I went to that anti—that was a solidly anti-Trump protest. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the Women's March last year, and I went uh, this year— and I've done some other, like, rallies and things like that. I just love it. There's something, I mean, what I was There wasn't... is an electric kind of energy oh, that, And things. that's what I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. is to feel so positive, because I was so angry. But, like, well, there was, like, I, think... I was just feeling so much support when I did that. I'm, like, I just remember, like, we were walking, and we walked past this, like, middle school, elementary mm-hmm. school, and all these kids came out of their uh-huh. classrooms and were, like, cheering us on. Yeah. And, like, held up their own signs and, like... It was a beautiful, I mean, just the diversity in Los Angeles and, like, how that was kind of being celebrated in certain parts during downtown, for me, was, like, a really cool yeah. thing to see. Well, I think that that was also a very unique rally because yes. it was immediately after the election. Oh, um, and like, I think emotions were high. It was something that people in Los Angeles in particular, which is a pretty progressive bubble, um, I think people were so in shock and so depressed. Well, and needing of support. Yeah, we needed that. Which is why my sign, I I remember when I went that time, um, I had a free hug sign, like a a love Trump's hate free hug sign. Yeah. Because I was feeling so, I was, I remember taking the the metro up there with you. Yeah. And I was so depressed. Yeah. I was so depressed. I didn't even want to like have conversations. I was so upset. And then like we got there and there was this feeling of like real community yeah. and solidarity. And I remember being hugged by strangers. Yeah. And even right now it makes me like want to cry a little bit because yeah. it was such a it was they could tell I needed it as much as like they, they needed it. it. And yeah. It's that, it's that like anonymous support sometimes too that I feel like when a stranger shows uh, care and affection that is, you know, as much as it's great to have that from, like, the people in your life that you love, there's something so beautiful about a stranger acknowledging your pain, and you don't even have to really, like, talk about it. You just understand and you know. You it know? feels like a heart connection. It totally It's just, like, does. my heart is connected to your heart, and, like, we're all connected to each yeah. other in a way that's, like, we're all hurting in the same kind of way right now, mm-hmm. or you wouldn't be here, yep. you know? Exactly. Like, so, I just remember mine, it was a sense of community. My sign was about, like, you know, I will defend, you mm-hmm. know, people of color the lgbtq community mm-hmm. oh i uh i think i wrote uh muslims on it there's a few other like basically a, mm-hmm. a lot of the um people that donald trump targeted marginalized his, communities exactly and i just remember this mom coming up to me with her little girl and explaining what each of those things were and like this girl just like being very bright-eyed and just soaking in all the information gives you so much hope getting. for the future it does. and i yeah. just i just pray and hope that like one day with all this information that's out there and with this really, really awful things that are happening in the world right now, I'm hoping that it'll turn around one day to being a positive thing, that there's enough positive young people out there that are willing to yeah. make a difference and that are not afraid Absolutely. to stand up for what they believe in, I too. think if anything else, it did kind of spur this kind of um, activism in people that didn't totally. exist before, which is amazing. Oh, I mean, it, it totally me even yeah, further. It, it, me, too. I, I mean, I was, I already had told, I'd already come out of the closet as a mm-hmm. feminist, mm-hmm. as, as, you know, you would say. Yeah. But I... 
I really feel like this pushed me so much because I never wanted to rock the boat with my family. Oh, it was like or someone do anything stuck like a that. battery in me. And you know? then it was, was kind like, of like, Ooh. look, man, like this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do and you can support me or not support me. I love you anyway, yeah. but just know I'm going to start calling you out on your shit, you know? Exactly. Um, and I think that's something that I, that I feel like the people in my life still have a hard time with. Like, I've had a few conversations with my mom and my boyfriend and other people where it's like, I don't, I don't like this because I don't like this part about it. Or, you know, calling people out for using language that I don't like and things like that. And look, being called too sensitive or this no, that. And but it's here's like, the thing. You have to be willing, and us included, and we said it in the beginning of this, of this podcast, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Totally. Especially if you're coming from a place of privilege, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And to kind of tie it back into the Women's March, I think that was... A big issue, a lot of being a person of color, I was in a lot of groups and intersectional feminist groups even at this time, and it was a lot of things that a lot of people of color were very, very, very hesitant about, about right. the Women's March, because it kind of felt like, it, it kind of felt like a lot of people of color or marginalized groups who were really going to be affected by this, they weren't ready to have this kind of like party almost mm. you know like the women's march kind of like felt like it for me i never really saw it became more like a party to me from an outsider watching last year when i saw how many numbers there were but i think for me there was the wound was still so fresh that that's not how i saw it personally right. i well, still saw it as a lot of like look what we did a couple months ago we're not done right this is how we're gonna continue it and the fact that it continued this year too it's like we have not forgotten the things that you have said and the ways that you have hurt us are not gone. Right. Well, I think I felt that way, too. But, like, from marginalized communities, even for myself, even a little bit, even though I, it was never a question for me whether I was going to go to the Women's March, I was going to go. And, you know, so that wasn't the issue. But even for me, as somebody who was not blind to this stuff before yeah. and had gone to... Black Lives Matter rallies that were much, much smaller and had gone to, You're you know... like, oh, now you want to Yeah, it kind of... I mean, okay. I think a lot of people of color or people in marginalized communities, it kind of felt like you want in now that it affects you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but, where you've been in your safe... Because 50... What was it? 54, 52% of white women voted for Trump. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Now that now that this affects you as a woman, because he it. wants to grab your pussy, now, yeah. now it's a problem for you whenever... I mean, it all ties into intersectionality totally. whenever, like, you have black women who are facing very specific struggles or, like, yeah. trans women who are facing very specific struggles and we don't want to show up for them in very specific ways, you know? So yeah. I understood right. why people had, like, a hesitation about well, it. Well, hopefully the positive thing that came from that hesitation is that I think, speaking for myself at least, I've learned more about marginalized Absolutely. communities by being enraged about the things that are affecting Absolutely. me. That, cause it, it and always, me too. It starts because it's about you. I feel like that's how a lot of things start. Where you or you are directly connected to something or there's something, there's something that sets a fire in you and makes you angry. And from that, it stems all of these other things. You know what I mean? So that's what I, I'm hoping and that I've seen in myself where it's like, you know, it started... It started with my own feelings of being taken advantage of or mm -hmm. of feeling mistreated. And that stemmed into me wanting to know more about how 
different people have struggled in different ways. And then that's made it feel more personal to me as well. And doing things like the walk and learning about the Women's March and um, just talking to more people about it has definitely educated me a lot. And I don't think that I would have ever gotten there hadn't it have been for some of these big Yeah, and I I absolutely agree. Um, I think it was hard, particularly for black people, or it was hard for me because we were on the heels of... um, Black Lives Matter. Oh my god! And, and there was so much criticism so much hatred of it. Oh, about Black Lives Matter, dude. and there was so much. There was so much, even in like Pantsuit Nation. Yeah. Even in all these other groups that were supposed to be, like, we're unified feminists. That were was so hateful, and there was and so much like, don't bring up race because you're being divisive. No, and, and that's what's frustrating. I had a conversation with my parents over Christmas. I think 2000. 15 maybe where okay so the black lives matter movement in minneapolis um was really growing and a couple friends of mine were getting really involved in it and my friend bailey was one of the people that shut down the 35w bridge Mm -hmm. which um is known for multiple things it's what connects saint paul minneapolis Mm -hmm. it also collapsed about 10 years ago and was horrible. Um, But it's really like the bridge that holds like the two twin cities together and makes it what it is. And it's also where a lot of people need to drive to get from Minneapolis to St. Paul. Sure, to go to work. That's like the only way to do it. You Uh know what I mean? And so they physically made a, a, a fence and mm-hmm. stopped people from getting through. And there were so many people on my Facebook page that were so pissed that their commute was, was disrupted. That their lives were disrupted. And, and the people that I'm friends with were like, well, this is how other people feel all, all the, time. the time. It's a feeling Imagine. of helplessness. It's a feeling like you can't do anything and you're completely stuck. That's why they yeah. do it. And people are like, oh, well, there were probably good people trying to get to work that feel the same way. Well, there and are good like, people in marginalized communities who can't, exactly. who feel helpless all the time. And I just remember, like, you know, my parents are very open-minded people, but they are still, you know, learning, like we all are. We're just kind of being like, it doesn't matter that these people were stuck in this traffic. Well, what if somebody were to have gotten fired? It's like, I think, I'm hoping that, like, any decent, like, community and boss would understand that, like, that was completely out of your control. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that, if, if you really got fired because of that, that's bullshit. I understand people being upset about freeways being shut down. I get it because there's nothing living in L.A. that's more annoying right. than but being stuck in traffic. it you to look at something. But you couldn't turn your face away. Exactly. You yeah. couldn't say, oh, this isn't happening. And even if you were angry about it, you were still thinking about it. Right. And you were aware that it was happening. Mm-hmm. And I know that that kind of stuff happened here as well. Mm-hmm. It did. And that made me feel very proud of my friend and she did she really has worked hard to be an ally and to um be a big part and of that the is Black what Lives Matter that movement. is what active allyship looks like exactly because i think again if we're going to go back to the women's march i think a lot of people had a problem with it because they saw it as performative allyship, right? right? It was like, I'm I'm here because, yeah, I'm upset, but also it's very in fashion right now to be doing this and to have, these, to have, totally. these, have these thoughts. All the celebrities, mm-hmm. all of the... Yeah, totally. and, and to get to wear a nice pink hat that matches everybody else and, and be able to take selfies to put on your Instagram and have really clever um, protest signs and all I of agree. that was... It, so it... For p- people in marginalized communities, it was kind of like a, a performative act. Well, it it felt that way, but it was also kind of like, show me, 
you need to show me more yep. than this day. You need yeah. to show up for me more than this day. And I, I, I'm very hesitant to trust you until I see that you're willing to show up for me on, like, more than just today. So I think that that was um, a, a, a big issue with the Women's March. But on the other hand, I think that the organizers, both in the National Women's March... Uh, on Washington, mm-hmm. and then also the LA Women's March last year did a very good job of trying to center voices that totally. were um, well, and to get and to be uh, very diverse. I wrote down the list of um, I looked up just <laughs> went on Wikipedia and looked up you know information about the Women's March, and it says that the goals were a protection of our rights, our safety, our health, and our families. Recognizing our vibrant and diverse communities are the strength of our country. So they definitely, I feel like, with that being their, like, goal statement, that that was their mm-hmm. intention. Of course, people are always going to take it in a different way. Well, I think the reason why people kind of took it in a different way was because initially, the people who first started to try and organize the Women's March were a group of white women, yeah. and they tried, they really hit a nerve with the black community. Well, because and then they, they, that's probably why they had to change it then. Well, well yeah, they, they really hit a nerve with the black community because not only was it a bunch of white women who were trying to organize this, mm-hmm. but they originally wanted to call it the Million Woman March. Yeah. Which was a problem because... Um, there had already been a million woman march yeah. in 1997, which was black women. It yeah. was a black women march. Ooh, yeah. So, that's, that's not cool. I didn't so, know about that. Yeah, there was a march. Um, I can't remember where it was. I think maybe Philadelphia. Um, and it was a, a group, because there had been the Million Man March, which was for black, black, black men had organized yeah. in 1995. And then black women felt like their their voices weren't being heard or, or it wasn't being centered oh, around here. them. I have it written as a million mom March. I think that was something else. Yeah, because I have I have that which took place on Mother's Day. No, I completely I completely agree with you, and I didn't know all that stuff too that it was originally that. But, yeah, um, well, I but mean, also, and that's that's the pro- that's the problem is that like I am sure that the people who were trying to organize this didn't realize that either yeah. because even though this march actually had like half a million to a million people show yeah. up to it, it still didn't get the kind of like attention that other marches get and that's what right. like minority communities are just been like we've been pushing and shouting and yelling about this stuff forever and like why won't anybody listen until it's it's white women who are being yeah. more primarily affected yeah um so i think after that they kind of were like we need to put some women of color in charge of this thing Agreed. and they did they yeah. did to their benefit they well, totally did and then the other two sides of the coin for this is that there's the like more liberal side of feminism who is fighting for the things that we talk about and believe in and then there's the people who are more on the conservative side who are seeing it as like a march on which is like march on the polls campaign which is more about um I mean, like, you can probably help me out with this more. I'm trying to remember how... Like, like for this year? Words. Yeah, they were yeah. kind of saying March on the Polls about, like, you know, women in politics and things yeah. like that. So they're, they're kind of trying to, like, flip it it's, in a way that's almost... being, like, helpful to the conservative mind as well, which is kind of upsetting to well, me. Well, I kind of feel like they're trying to make... Themes is what it almost right. feels like. But like, this year's theme is like, oh look, we want voting. to we want to mm-hmm. apply to the conservative women as well. And even Donald fucking Trump is getting involved in it because this morning his fucking tweet, beautiful weather all over our great country. 
a perfect day for all women to march. Get out there now to celebrate the historic milestones and unprecedented and economic success and wealth creation that has taken power over the last 12 months. Lowest female unemployment in 18 years, exclamation point. <sighs> fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> That was really loud. <laughs> we got really close to the microphone. Fuck um, you, you fucking fuck. Well, here's the thing. He's delusional. Like, that's what that is. It's complete and but utter delusion. But are, by saying march on and, the, and those kinds of things, he's thinking, the okay, the women that he's surrounded with in his life are so supportive of him. So in his mind, it's like, okay, march on the polls. It's marching... For support of like-minded women, not the women in general for me. Is he seeing I, that I as a way like, of, of I feel making like it okay? He's trying to change the narrative. And that's what I'm saying. But I feel like he does that all the time. He I does. feel like he is, is constantly pushing to like change the narrative. And honestly, it just makes him look really fucking stupid. It does. Stupid. Well, in this okay, so we the government was frozen. So yeah. he's like, everyone's gonna blame me. Everyone's gonna say it's my fault. Where it was the Democrats that wanted the like the DACA, bipartisan. The, like fuck you, no. man. Like no, you're he's an idiot. and you're and you're standing there saying, well, you're not gonna get what you want unless you agree for me to build this fucking wall. No, neither party is gonna be like, yes, that's or okay. Put whatever kind of. We're like... at a complete standstill right now, and he's there pointing blame. Did you ever hear? President Obama, not that I can remember, ever say, it's the Republicans' fault, look over well, that way, let me try to deflect I, you. I can't think of a time when I've ever, on either side of the aisle, no. seen a president behave this way or point fingers the way he does. He's a child. Moron. He's a child, is what it is. Yes. And you know? the fact that he uses Twitter as such a huge platform is so upsetting to it's me. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I don't even like Twitter. I don't fuck. even I don't even have one. No, fuck. No, I don't like it. And so and that's the thing, it's like with Obama and every other fucking president that we've ever had, sorry for so many F words when I'm whatever really you're ranting, it's good. This is it's good. Like, <laughs> It's it's it, it you catharsis. A, Let it out. You make a press conference. You find a suitable platform to a, and say things in a in a somewhat decent way. But the and problem you have is, people that you bounce your ideas off of before you open your stupid fucking mouth. They can't trust him with a press conference. They literally can't like trust him. They only they can put trust him. They can trust him with a Twitter feed. I don't know why no one has taken his phone away. To be quite honest, yeah. But they have literally canceled interviews because he can't handle it. No, everything that is I feel like moving with his presidency is from other people who are just equally as stupid but uh, that are smarter than him. He's a moron, he's a child, he doesn't know anything and these other people are telling him basically what to sign, what not to sign, what's going to go forward, well, he, what's not going to go he forward. He doesn't read. He doesn't read. He doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just so No, I know. Oh, I'm getting to a place. Listen. I'm getting to a place. That tweet though. So I I read first I read about the government this morning about it being like frozen. Government is canceled, guys. It's done. Which made me immediately think of the Handmaid's Tale. And secondly, I read that tweet about it's a beautiful day to march. I was like, you don't fucking get it, man. This is still a you know. I you. I can't tell if he doesn't get it or if he wants to try and convince other people that the narrative is different. Or is he being I, passive aggressive and saying fuck you? I mean, it could be. Honestly, it could be all three things. Mm-hmm. It could be that he does know what's happening. He's saying, fuck you. And then also, he knows that people who support him blindly and listen to everything he says and only take in information from his Twitter feed yeah. and Fox News are going to say, well, the president said that it was a positive thing. Yeah. Well, He's and that's to the thing the is when I, when I like, Googled 
like the frozen government this morning, one of like the first news outlets that showed up was Fox News. Yeah, of course. And that's what's frustrating is it's like, like everyone is, I feel like for the most part, telling their truth for Fox News and for Donald Trump. That's their truth. That they feel inside. I'm not saying that it's right or that's the truth. Well, it's impossible to be unbiased. It's impossible. It is. So that's what I'm saying is it's like they're because they're for each other. That's the news that you're going to get. And that and then turns into being your truth and what Mm -hmm. you believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, that's just what's frustrating about that side of the news. And I think Mm -hmm. why a lot of my family and people that I know who are Trump supporters believe it because they don't want to read any liberal news. Of course, it's it's, kind of the same thing as well. Fake news, fake news, fake news. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing. It's just, it's like, (laughs) because I've, I've talked to people who truly, truly believe that anything that Trump says is a fake news network. So, CNN, MSNBC, any of these, these networks are actively lying to you you know what i mean like they truly believe that that that's the truth so why would they why would they watch something or listen to something or read anything that they actually believe is lies right so the only people they can trust are the people they want them to trust exactly but you know and and that's the thing of course we're both in an echo chamber yeah on both sides i think that that's that's an important thing to recognize is that liberals conservatives progressives you know, uh, fundamentalists. We both like to read what our people are going to say. Well, we want... I actually have a book that I started reading and I haven't finished called You Are Not So Smart, which uh-huh. is all about, like, confirmation bias. Yeah. And the ways in which we trick ourselves into believing, really, whatever we want to... Mm-hmm. Be- we are going to take in more information that supports our worldview because it makes us feel better. Right. Well, we, I mean, that's kind of you know? how I feel about religion as well. Well, but yeah. Of course it it's is. It's like... It's about anything. Well, and it's because it's whatever is going to help you sleep at night. It's about it's about uh, validating Feeling yourself. Feeling safe. Right. Which is you why know? I do kind of... You know, I think I do need to get better about reading more conservative news. Just kind of to... Not... No, I, 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 I want to, too. Not to validate, but just to, like... But you need to see you in need order to see it from the other side yeah. in order to understand your side. I don't want better. to. Let's be very clear no, about that. I don't, want to, I don't want to at all. But I also do feel like because right after the election, I was not having any of that. Oh, I was no, like, me neither. Fuck this. Fuck that. I don't give a shit about any like because you did this to me. Like yeah. that's truly how I felt like on a very right. personal level. Right. And then it became like, look, fighting with people, it's not working. No. Like, it, it, it's not working. Like, I need to be able to have a constructive... Co- and, and they, likewise, need to be able to op- be open to have a con- constructive conversation totally. with me. Totally. So, I, why would, why should I be closed-minded and not listen to what they have to say? If I want them to listen to what I If I want them to listen to what I'm going to say. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, listeners. Keegan here. Did you know that our girl Madigan is coming out with her own adult coloring book? The inappropriate coloring book is chock full of feminist slogans, curse words, and potty humor, all framed by Madigan's awesome hand-drawn designs. The full book isn't available just yet, but if you'd like to purchase individual prints or just check out what's to come, follow the Instagram page at the inappropriate coloring book or check out her Etsy page at etsy.com slash shop slash be more inappropriate. Okay, so Keegan, you went to the Women's March today. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience filming in on everything that happened? Sure. Okay, so um, I went. I had a great time. I definitely didn't stay last time. Um, I went. Sorry, Madigan is. <laughs> We've moved to a new location. We are now in the podcast closet, which is Pop my closet. my um, walk-in closet. Which, honestly, all I have to say is that all I want to do is play dress-up right now with all the things that I see. <laughs> yeah, so she was petting my um, my faux fur uh, stole. I don't even know what that is. I got it at Forever 21. Anyway. <laughs> I'm pretending I'm the Godfather, even though I've never seen that movie. I don't know if he had a cat in the Godfather. Who's Wasn't he the guy that holds the cat and like pets it maniacally in a chair? Like, that was Austin Powers. Was Austin Powers parodying The Godfather? Mr. Bickles. I have no idea. I've never seen Holy The Godfather. Shite. I've never seen it. Keegan, you start talking. I have to look this up. Okay. Um, okay, but my experience today, it was really positive. I I mean, it was mostly positive. Um, that makes it sound negative. It was not negative. But it was interesting. Because, oh, wow, okay, he did have a he cat. He does have a cat. He, Marlon Sorry. Brando had a cat in The Godfather. I didn't know this. So, yeah, you don't seem as, like... Super jazzed. Right. I thought that there would be kind of, like, a different air about you when I came over today. Not saying that you're in a bad mood, again. She's well, not, like, pouty or anything. It's just kind of like any other day that I came over. Part of it was also because I was, like, hella sleepy. <laughs> because I, I, had I had rehearsal for a show I'm doing until, like... Um, 1230 and then I got home and then I was like making my my sign and my lopsided shirt that I didn't end up wearing it's cute. um it's, it's hanging got, up right next gold, to my head it's gold and hot pink yeah it's um, actually it's like neon pink yeah <laughs> so I I did that until like 2 a.m and then I went mm. to sleep and then I got up at 6 45 so Whoa. I was super tired when, yeah. when we got there and when we got there, I think I was feeling kind of a little... I was jazzed. I was excited to go. I really wanted to do this. And then we got there, and it just felt like... It felt like a carnival. 
kind of. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It was like a carnival atmosphere in a way that, to me, this is almost like a somber, sacred event. Right. Well, it's kind of touching on what you were saying yeah. earlier, too, how people were are making it into something to post on social media. It felt do. very much like that. Well, the lead-up to it, to me, this year felt um, less charged. It, it was less politically much... charged in like a in like a forward motion for change. Like right. for sure. It seemed more of like a it this year to me almost seemed like more of an anniversary celebration of last year. Yes. Rather than a new or continual march forward. Right. It was more so a commemorative thing for what happened last year. That was my perspective days leading up to it. That's what it felt like. In so much even, and this is what really irked me a lot, actually. And look, man, I get it. I get the entrepreneurial spirit. I think that oh, in no. a lot of ways that that's like a... Are people trying to sell It's very it? American, and it's like a... it's Even, even like a, a true immigrant story is like to take advantage of when things like this happen. But everywhere we went, it was like... Shirts here, shirts here. Get your women's twenty eighteen <gasps> no, March no, no, shirts no, no, here, no, 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 and no. things like that. Buy buy your pins here. Buy your no. Buy your pussy hats there here. There wasn't even anything that you like. Okay, this is something that I loved about the walk that we did. Uh, was that like people be were handing that. shit out? Yeah, it was like here, let's be together. Like I have the not my president sticker mm-hmm. on my computer, and you know things like, that was really cool to me is that because it was so inclusive and for me like. Again, I understand with the entrepreneurial mind that like okay, we're gonna make some money off of something that's positive. It's great, but like. That's and of not course it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Of course it was going to happen. And it seems like get your souvenir. This is not a, a sight to see. And people were buying it. You know what I mean? And, and I get it. I, like, okay, I I don't want to come across as being too harsh or too judgmental. But because, why like, not? I but why not be it? harsh and judgmental? Well, because I understand it. It's, it's a big deal to people. And I, I get that. But to me, it just felt like, guys... We're here because our country is fucked. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Not judgmental in the sense that you shouldn't be doing this, but judgmental in the fact that, like, why are we losing sight of what's fucking important right Right. now? Like, we're going to spend money on a a t-shirt... That's but we're not gonna. But we're not gonna donate money to an actual right. cause that's yeah. gonna be helpful. Yes. to it's, help it's, progress it our felt country. Extremely performative. Yes. So when we got there, when we were doing that, we were like trying to find our friends who we never found because I don't know why I'm ever like naive enough to think we can find our friends I was gonna, in the crowd. Well, there's never any phone service. Yeah, it's always like it's always we never find them. But we were looking for them, and I was starting to feel really like bummed out because I was just like there are all these and look man I have a pussy hat Mm -hmm. I have one I didn't wear it because I was just like we're this is something new it's something different this isn't about last year's thing this is about yeah and it felt like honestly it kind of felt like activism Coachella to me yes you know what I mean like that's what it felt like thank you very much Um, (laughs) that that is what it felt like and it was kind of like a bummer but with that said, I will say that when we finally made our way to the stage, which was super freaking packed and um, full of people, and were able to stand and, like, listen to some people speak, yeah, 
That was really powerful. Because last year there were so many people I couldn't really even get to the stage yeah. to like listen to people speak. So when whenever we were able to to get to the stage and and really like listen to yeah. speakers come out, trans women come out, members of um, you know, the city council come out mm-hmm. and um, you know, other marginalized groups and communities come out and speak and do poetry and and just like talk about what's going on. Yeah. That felt really, really, really good. Well, I took a peek at your notes when you went to the restroom, and I saw the numbers that you have written. Oh, yeah. Can you share that? Um, So last year at the Women's March in L.A., there were around 750,000 people, which is bananas. Super bananas. (laughs) That's so many people. Gwen Stefani would spell banana. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. But uh, this this year was also pretty impressive. When we were standing there, we were standing there listening, and every now and again, the person who was running it would come out and she would say, um, our count is now at 200,000 people, and everyone would clap, mm-hmm. and then she'd come back out and be like, our count is at 250,000 people. And then she came out right before we actually started marching and said, so we're at 400,000 people. And that was... Cr- I mean... I knew there weren't going to be as many people as last mm-hmm. year. So for, to me, 400,000 people still willing to like come out, yeah. march in the streets. And that's why Donald Trump's tweet was so funny to me. Because it was still, even though it's a women's march, just like last year was a women's march. And this year is definitely a women's march. It's, it's still very much anti-Trump it's march. It's definitely an anti-Trump march. But he, but again, if we're going to go back to what we were saying about that, it's, a, it's him changing the narrative. It's him saying... Um, because well, his followers aren't well, going to these things, so they but don't. But he's trying to invite that. them to. He's saying, "Look, it's a great day to go outside." I did march. see a couple of people. And by the there way, there are people that are that are there who are just like, "Yay, ladies! Yay, women! I'm a Melania fan!" Like but whatever. I, I feel like they wouldn't, with the way that these marches go, especially in LA. I feel like the, especially they in LA, fan. I feel like they wouldn't be able to hold on to that for very long. No, because but he's but but is he trying to change? Because if there's going to be a 2019 march, is he then trying to change the narrative so that all of these people can feel welcome to march and to be a part of it? Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But here, I'm going to play this because this is up on our Instagram feed. Um, and this was the general vibe of the crowd, okay? Okay. Trump has got to go. That is my favorite so, one that I did. I mean, that was said that makes me so want to many times. And, and the number of. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Taking, hey, a, hey. taking a turn. Ho, ho. <laughs> Donald Trump has got to go. Okay, I'm done. Oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> but the number of times that was said during our march was many times. And the number of times that the people on stage with the microphones called him an actual idiot yeah actually said Any the words Trump fans would be like oh fuck yeah they'd be I like go. i'm in the wrong place <laughs> i showed up to the wrong place Honey, i need to go home i think we need to leave <laughs> i only saw um two people there was a guy there um who had a sign that says i stand with unborn women and there was a, a girl with him that had a sign that said women for the number four trump and I was like, I think you guys are in the wrong place. I just, <laughs> I hate when, oh, it's such a pet peeve of mine when women try, I mean, when men try to talk about, like, 
try to like stick their dicks in our fucking well, it's just abortion like abortion rights. It's who like was no. it? who said it? I can't remember who it was. Um, somebody knows. So I was gonna say tweet it at us, but we don't have a Twitter. Uh, Instagram it at us if you know. But somebody said like if men could get pregnant, we would have abortions in vending machines. Who, who or we'd have that we'd have us? we'd have birth control in vending machines. Or did I send that to you? Yeah, I, it's a famous quote. I've I've heard it yeah, for a long time. But did they send it to our Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe no, because I'm wondering if I sent that to you because Possible. I feel like I might. I've been sending you so I've been like, you guys. I think I've sent Keegan I get more in, texts yeah. and direct messages than I have during all of our. Madigan friendship. slides into my DMs like every single day because I'm thirsty for some Keegan <laughs> love. No, but like every time I see anything that I think she would agree with me, I but send it. but that's something um, that I'd heard for a very long time, and it's a very famous like feminist quote. But yeah. I can't remember who said it, so we should Google that because yeah. I don't know. But um, but and what it's, is but the it's exact the, quote? But again? it's I'll the truth. It it's if um, I believe it is if men could get pregnant, birth control would be available. Oh yeah, in vending machines. Well, it's true because they're all about their. It's centered their around their comfort, yeah, and their yeah. rights, yeah. Well, I mean, for them, birth control is available in vending machines because you can buy condoms on the vending machines. Well, fucking use them um, then. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, it looks like. Well, Gloria Steinem said if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. Oh, well. Um. Someone said the vending machine thing, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's been like an evolved th- sort yeah, of feminist I think slogan. It's, I think it's something that's evolved. Uh, Time magazine says Veep on abortion, Hillary Clinton, and women candidates. Maybe it's something that. Um, oh, they was did. Said on they a did TV say show? it on Veep. They did say it on Maybe Veep that was as it. well. <laughs> Fifteen things that would happen if men could get pregnant. I mean, <laughs> that was for thought catalog. I'm going to read that later. Um, no, it's totally true, and that's the thing, is, like, they have to, like, butt into, like, our situations, which we do want men to be involved. I am all fucking for that, but I want men to be involved in a way that is similar to how I see a white person being an ally for Black Lives Matter. I want men to be an ally for the feminist movement. You have to be able to listen and understand where we're coming from and that our... Okay, here's the situation, and I know that next week we're going to be doing a um, intersectional an intersectional yeah. episode. So I don't want to go too deep into that. Right. But the thing is, you have to understand where your experience doesn't tie in. Right. And for men, they can under you can there's there's a way to sympathize with people who are not like you, but there is no way you will ever feel what they're feeling or experience See, that, what me, they're that's experiencing. The, that's the thing that I always explain to people that there is a difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Empathy is something that you can physically feel along with that person because it has happened to you. Mm-hmm. Sympathy is something that you can feel because you have the human emotion to feel sorry or to um just to understand what that Understand. Must be like, yeah, yeah. exactly. I but mean, you can't ever know you exactly cannot, what that feels. But like. you can't empathize, right? And that's okay. And that's the thing There's is that people, that. but people want to be able to empathize, and that's why I feel like people will enhance situations that they've been in, or will be, or will say, "Well, I have black friends," or they'll say, 
well, oh, my best friend is gay. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they want to interject themselves into the conversation mm-hmm. instead of just listening and saying. Yeah, I and, think most people are self-focused being, in that but, way. And being okay with only getting to that step of sympathy. Mm-hmm. I think that sympathy can be just as strong. And, and when I say sympathy, I don't mean feeling sorry for it necessarily. I mean just to be at a place of understanding that there's something different than you. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I felt that actually very strongly today. Um, I don't know if I want to use the word sympathy but I felt because sometimes when you are I'm I'm double marginalized right mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a woman of I'm a woman and I'm a woman of color so yeah. I have a double marginalized situation happening yes. so sometimes it's it's kind of interesting to even from this perspective have to recenter myself to someone else's perspective and that happened today actually at the women's march when we had some trans women of color come and take the mic because trans women of color are the number one group that is at risk oh, at yeah. any time, you know? Because so, they're, I mean, they're not one, they're not two, they're three marginalized groups yeah, that are together. So, and imagine even just their own internal, like, yeah, having, for you, switching roles between mm-hmm. just being a woman and being a woman of color. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to do that. That's part no, of, like, what shouldn't. intersectionality means, but like, we're, you know? We're, I feel like, you know, the good people are working on it, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of but, course. But it was oh, it was man. interesting to, to, to hear, because before they were introduced... We, they went into about how, like, trans women of color are the most um, likely to be at the, the end targeted. of... Uh, targeted. and at the end of, like, some real violence and mm-hmm. um, most at risk. Yeah. And that... Because that, I'm so used to people saying that we need to follow women of color. So it was really interesting hearing someone say, we need to follow trans women of color. I would We really need to follow love... their lead. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I need to I need to check my own privilege as like a cisgender woman. Totally. And say like even though I'm a woman of color, we need to follow their lead because totally. they're the most at risk right now. Yeah. You know. And that's great that they stood up and said that. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. I would love to do a transgender episode, but I would love to do it with someone who's transgender. I actually have a friend who is, uh, or an acquaintance who is Samoan and transgender. I think I know, I think I've scraped the very, the very slight surface, and I would love to get deeper into it. So if anyone's listening who wants to talk about it, I am so down. I want to know. Yeah, totally. Listen, right now, if anyone is listening to this and you want to maybe, like, be a guest on the show where we could call you or um, just educate us via email, um, our email is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on our Instagram, which is angryneighborhoodfeminist. Um, Just drop us a line, because we are too... Um, we are just two cisgender women in a closet closet right now. That is it. (laughs) Listen... Drinking wine in a closet. We're in an R. Kelly song right now. Yeah, we're trapped, we're trapped in a closet because my boyfriend is watching reality TV outside. Don't tell him I told you that. <laughs> Everyone keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Shh, 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 shh. Okay, so I'm going to... Can I talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I that of I worked up today? Of course. Okay, so while Keegan was marching and being a badass, I was limping at home, drinking too much coffee, and my dog was crying for no reason because she is needy and needs all the attention in the world. So I decided to look up some of the past um, marches and protests that have really stood out through the years. I went on the Time Magazine website, and it was like the basics of these, like... 
what you need to know about women's protests. Okay, basically. great. So this is just very basic information, but stuff that I feel like is still important nice. to cover. Um, Bring it it kind of goes through all of the ways of feminism as well. So, which we will get into more um, on Women's History Month. Yes, that's a little sneaky peeky. Okay, sneaky peeky. You can cut that out later, Keegan, if you want. No, keep it in. Okay. I, I, I like te- <laughs> I like teasing our audience. Oh, it's good. good. Our our audience of two right now. Right, Anyways. it keeps them interested. <laughs> Okay, so during the the suffrage movement, um, one of the largest protests of the suffrage movement happened the day before Woodrow Wilson Mm -hmm. was to be inaugurated as president in 1913, which I I think is cool because that very much mirrors Mm -hmm. when Donald Trump was president. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to point out that it was organized by Alice Paul and Lucy Burns, and I wrote next to that, which I think is going to be the names of my first two children now. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Alice, Lucy! Before you make that commitment. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm sorry to be, like, the feminist killjoy. No, do it, do it, do it. Is there something wrong with them? I don't know about them as much. Alice Paul, in particular. She's problematic, isn't she? Pretty pretty (gasps) racist. No, I am not naming a child <laughs> Alice. No, no, no. Listen, Done. Listen, it's multi. And look, we're going to get into this. Um, might as well just tell them. So we're going to get into this. Next week, we're going to do an episode on intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to do some episodes on um, for Black History Month. And then we're going to cover the waves of feminism for, for Women's History Month. Hopefully. Okay? We're human I beings. I don't know all of that I stuff. I don't want to about... commit this stuff. But... It's it's multifaceted, right? right? And it's very complicated because it doesn't make her like a piece Less of shit of, person. No, but that but that was a very common thing, especially during Absolutely. the suffrage movement. The suffrage yeah. movement was not for wasn't inclusive. was not for black. People. It was not it was inclusive. not inclusive at all. So yeah. I don't know why I had to make that lot of a noise because that shouldn't have it doesn't surprise no, me. No, but I but sometimes it is because but, it's like it's like even Susan B. Anthony, who like growing up was like a feminist hero for me. Yeah. And, and a close friend like Frederick Douglass. And, yeah. like, so that made me think, like, okay, she's down, right? Yeah. And even with her, you hear about things where she's, yeah. like, she wasn't willing to fight for the rights of black men because right. she was, like, I'm not willing to fight for any more men's rights. I only yeah. want to fight for women's rights. And it's, like, that's so yeah problematic and not so inclusive. and So the next one that I read about was the bra-burning Miss America protest, which I didn't... I think I knew that it was involved with Miss America, but I kind of, like... I didn't forgot that. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember my mom saying it, and then, but I forgot until I read this. So basically, they were against the Miss America pageant because it was, sex it was endorsing. Yes, especially this was during. This was in 1968. So it was. It was all about showing their specific type of what women should be, what they should look like, the things that they should be interested in. So um, it was during the second wave of feminist um, feminism. And they call it the bra burning, even though at the actual protest, what I read, there was no actual flames involved. I think what happened, I need to read more into this, and I would love to read more into this and and update you guys as well. If you know any information, let me know. What sounds like is that's what spurred the bra burning. Because Hmm. what... That's what I would assume happened because okay, yeah. I know there were bras that were burned. There had to have been bras at some I've point seen that pictures. were burned. I know that there were. So maybe that is like what propelled them to burn their bras. So 400 women protested the Miss America pageant outside the Atlantic City Convention Center. Uh, the organizer was Robin Morgan, wrote that the group was protesting the pageant's promotion of quote unquote ludicrous body standards we ourselves are conditioned to take seriously, which mm, I think amen. is. 
seriously. <laughs> like, that is, like, what I fucking live for. Hell yeah. Um, they marched around what they called a freedom trash can, which I love. I think I need a freedom <laughs> trash can in my house. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling my recycling bin the this freedom trash can. This is my freedom trash can. <laughs> this is my regular trash garbage trash can. And this but is my this freedom, is my freedom trash, can. trash can. And they threw items that, uh, to them, represented feminine oppression. So they were throwing... High heels and makeup and bras and lingerie and things that to them felt specifically feminist and that, what am I, specifically feminine, period, (laughs) and oppressive to them or something that they felt they had to wear to be feminine. So that was awesome. I I think that's something for me personally I'm really interested in, so I think I definitely need to read more about that. This one was interesting to me. There was a sit-in. For Ladies Home Journal, a group of women had sit in on March 18th, 1970 at a male-run magazine, which was Ladies Home. They were unhappy that the magazine was predominantly male-run. So 100 women stormed the office and refused to leave for 11 hours until there was an all-female editorial staff. Uh, At the time, the editor-in-chief was John Mack Carter, and he refused to resign, but he did agree to let the protesters produce a section in an issue... uh, of the magazine that was all what they he let them basically take the That's rain on that, good. which is amazing yeah I think. and in three years later a female editor-in-chief uh was named and her name was lenore hershey hell yes so was she related to the hershey family i didn't look it up i was too busy i don't want to know actually i don't want to know because i like it better if she's not she probably is. No. Her last name is Hershey. <laughs> Stop. Aren't we all? I mean, that's why I tell people that Macklemore is my cousin. We have the same last name. <sighs> but I don't like the nepotism. I want to know that she <laughs> did it on her own. I mean, and she made a but name even for so, but, but do you really think that if that hadn't happened, that she would have been able to no. do it even with her name? True. Probably not. So even, either way, I think that, that this sit-in... I love sit-ins. I think sit-ins are fucking fantastic. Hell yes. Such a peaceful way of doing things. So, um... I think that's fantastic that, you know, it was only 100 women that mm-hmm. stormed. I mean, fantastic. for one office, that's a lot. But I think it that, is. that is a huge jump. And that's something I, I didn't like know about either. I didn't know about that at all. Um, something that we do know, as the public knows a bit more about, is the Equal Rights Amendment marches. Uh, mm-hmm. There were many of them. Mm-hmm. The ERA was a major cause of the second mm-hmm. wave of yes. feminism. It inspired many demonstrations there was in the 1970s. Today. today. From the ERA. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And she was um, great. She was really great. Yeah. And they, um, a lot of them were men as well. And they fought for women's rights, which I think is amazing. Um, they had 10 years to be ratified in 38 states. Illinois was not one of those states that was ratifying this. And they had a protest in Springfield, which I read. I was like, Keegan Springfield? Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, which Springfield? I know. There's like 20 of them. I know. In Illinois. Springfield, uh, God Illinois. damn it. So I wrote Never in, Missouri. I wrote in parentheses, not, not. Keegan Springfield. Never Missouri. <laughs> Only bad things in history from Springfield, Missouri. No, this is this is a bad thing in oh, Illinois. Whoops, sorry, <laughs> because Illinois. No, because Illinois um, was was not ratifying it. They were oh. like, nah. So, but the Now Group, which was the National Organization of Women, right. they persisted and they organized many protests over the next ten years. So they, you know, Illinois wasn't going along with this ratification, and they were like, nah, this we're going to come to you, and we are going to, you know, form these protests, and over the next 10 years, really made a huge impact. Um, a newer walk that I think is great, and that still happens, it actually, well, I shouldn't say it's newer because it did start in the 70s, but it's new, but it still seems... That's fairly, yeah. Well, this one is Take Back the Night. 
relatively recent. Well, well, because it's still happening, yeah. but it feels like it's relatively recent. Um, there are staples in college campuses still. The first take yes. back the night, yes. yeah, took place in the, in the 70s as a response to violence against women, which I think is amazing because I feel like in the late 60s, early 70s, um, there was a lot of protests against the Vietnam War and a lot of things about equality, but I didn't think there was that much um, awareness of sexual sexual assault. violence. Yeah, which I think it was starting to become a thing, but I didn't didn't know that it was such a big. Um, I loved hearing today. There was a woman who came in and did this really powerful um, poem mm-hmm. about about rape mm-hmm. um, and about her own experience with it. And she she said something that I thought was really powerful, where that I never really thought about it in these terms before, mm-hmm. which was women shouldn't have to fear getting a higher education means also a higher chance of being assaulted. Exactly, and that is what that is what it is. It's like the the amount of sexual assault on and and campuses. rape that happens on college campuses is enormous and you're just there trying to like you're like i just want to learn shit guys i mean and and you want to have a good time sure like who doesn't but like you should be able to go to a party and and feel safe and wear the clothes that you want to wear and do what you want to do and not feel like you have to protect but i never thought of that in those terms before like getting a higher education means higher Higher risk for rape. for rape or sexual assault. Well, what I love about this is that I knew what Take Back the Night was when mm. I read this. That makes me happy because these are still happening today. And what they did was they walked through the night holding candles as a symbol of them kind of taking back their right of the night, which mm-hmm. I think is such a beautiful symbol and thing that we all need in our lives to kind of help physically show... Uh, a physical representation of what that means. I think that's a really right, good and without having to say anything, because I think it's. I mean, I talked about this before um, when we did the the time um, episode, where it's like sometimes it's very difficult, and some people to just don't want to, and like to be able to show it in another just way. A candle and walking to me is such a beautiful. It's, it's a really good way of saying me too. Mm-hmm. You exactly. know, uh, this became an official organization in two thousand one. Under the initiative of a woman named Katie Costner, Costner, um, these marches are still they are still held annually in cities around nice. the world. Around the world, mm-hmm. I think that's such mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Um, something I mentioned briefly earlier, because uh, you're talking about the Million Women, women march. march. Yeah, I read about the Million Mom March. When was that? This was on Mother's Day in 2000. Oh, okay. So fairly recently. Was it like the was it the same thing? No, that you're thinking of no. The Million Women's March was actually an African American centered on African American women. I actually have it right yeah, here. Yeah, this is very different. Then. So let me talk about this very briefly. Go for it. Um, because this is this is what sparked quite a bit of controversy. Yeah. Um, about the Women's March of 2017. Um, so I'm just going to was read. It, wait, did it spark controversy of 2017 or 2018? 2017, because when they were first trying to... Oh, because yeah, of the... Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. tried to wow, call it... I forgot they what cried, we just talked yeah, about. Like it was a while hour. ago. It was a while ago. It was an hour ago. It was so long ago. Okay, <laughs> they they tried to call it the the women, the women Million Women's March, and black women who had organized this were like, no, no, no. 
You yeah. don't get to do that. Yeah. Um, so on October 25th, 1997, an estimated 750,000 African-American women gathered together to march on the Ben Franklin Parkway in Philadelphia to focus on their trials, circumstances, and successes. The day-long march and program of prayer, music, and inspirational speeches, which began at the Liberty Bell and ended at the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, sought to bring together African-American women to address the pressing issues of interest to them and to black families. Mm-hmm. So this is from um, blackpast.org. Well, I can totally see why they wouldn't want the the new women's march to right. be called that when well, it was formed by white people. And I know that they were also upset because you got this from the time list, right? Yeah. So I do know also that they're frustrated because this was a massive march. I mean, you're talking nearly a million women. Why, why wasn't this on my list? Precisely. They walked That's and, frustrating. and it was such a it was such a force to see because not only did they march, but they marched, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe that they also marched silently. Oof. So there were drums. Fucking poetic. There were drums, but they marched completely silently. Yeah. And it was it was completely peaceful too. Whereas it. like a, two years but ago. But of before, course people are still gonna see it as being aggressive. Well, black women. It's exactly, always going to be aggressive. Exactly. Because it's the most peaceful thing. I, I mean, And they'd be like, Rah! I've been to several protests at this point, several marches, and I've never been to one that was silent and peaceful. Yeah. I, every, every march I've been to has not erupted. I've never been to a march that's erupted in violence. But yeah. to be at one that's completely silent without someone <sighs> saying something really actually aggressive... Insane and powerful. That just sounds... I want to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Insane. I would love to do that. Well, this is not going to be anything in comparison. I mean, it'll be... It's still cool. <laughs> the Million Mob <coughs> March in 2000 was a grassroots movement, which means that it was all by word of mouth, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. This was, you know... I feel like the internet was becoming Beginning more of days, a thing, but yes. there wasn't really any big social media, so the fact that it was word of mouth is really cool. It was mm-hmm. three quarters of a million people that showed Impressive. up at Washington's National Mall to advocate for stricter gun control. So this wow. wasn't just about oh, women's rights. And I had heard about this. Okay, This was strictly more about yes. gun rights and gun control. There was a quote-unquote wall of death, which had more than... <laughs> I like that this is so specific. It said it had more than 4,001 names okay. of, <laughs> of all the people who had been victims of gun violence. Um, what I'm assuming is that maybe like just a few days before, maybe something happened and they had to add that one. I don't know. But again, kind of like the Women's March, satellite marches started in 70 other cities, wow. bringing it to about a million protesters. Wow. Yeah. So the one that was strictly in Washington was three quarters of a million people. And then that that grew to a million in other cities. And God, it's depressing in a way, though, because that was in 2000. We're in 2018 and our gun control really hasn't gotten any better. To me, it's it's insane that we're still dealing with these kinds of issues yeah. regarding uh, you know I, I grew up in Las Vegas so that shooting really hit me mm-hmm. really 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 hard mm-hmm. and made me really 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 angry mm-hmm. um, the fact that it's still so easy for people to have such mass destruction I mean and the fact that people still want to stick with the same lines about why we need to keep the laws exactly the way they are so over, old school I'm just like look man no one's well maybe some people are I'm not trying to take away your guns man like I'm not trying to I get I just it want common sense gun laws yeah exactly so that people who have issues yeah can't get guns I think it's great that this march happened agreed I wish that 
um, more has happened since then because that makes me feel very sad for the people who marched and were so hopeful for change to happen soon. And scared. And it's been 18 years. Because that's what we're doing is marching for change. And exactly. 18 years could go by and nothing could happen, you know? Yeah. You know, and but what what did I say earlier? There's these young kids that are coming up that if we can just raise them to have the hearts and the love that we have, then maybe there will be a difference when that, they're 18 years that old. That was hopeful for me. That's actually something I wanted to mention is today at the Women's March. That was a bright light, was seeing, like, and not only children, which was wonderful, but particularly girls. There was an entire class of probably mm. middle school girls who could not wait. Like, we weren't even starting to march yet, and they were leading chants. They were leading chants for themselves. I'm gonna cry. And it was really beautiful because you could tell, like, they had this spirit that was like, this is what democracy looks like. You know what I mean? Not ever take that away from them. It was beautiful. I pray that they hold on to that even when other people try to push them down and tell them not to. So another one was the March for Women's Lives. Somewhere between 500,000 and 800,000 marched the National Wall at on April 25th, 2004. Um, this specifically targeted anti-abortion policies mm-hmm. of then-President uh, George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. They were trying to stop his re-election, which obviously didn't happen. But they, you know, that's a lot of people. Yes. That's about the same amount as the women's march had had. And I don't remember hearing about that Me in 2004 neither. at all. Um, but it was mostly on anti-abortion rights, which really rings true to me because when I was in... When I was a child and George Bush was elected the first time against John Kerry, I was in elementary school and I went to a very pri- small private Catholic school. And there were signs everywhere that someone did for a class that, like, these eighth graders did about killing, about how John Kerry wants to kill babies. Mm-hmm. So that, in turn, is teaching everybody in this. It was up in our cafeteria. Mm-hmm. There were pictures of dead babies in our cafeteria. And I am raised, I was raised in a very democratic household. My mother worked in the cafeteria. My mom was a lunch lady. Mm -hmm. And I was asked by fellow, I think I was in like third grade, like eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, who are your parents voting for? And I said, John Kerry. And I was not played with at recess because I was a baby killer. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I think our our but childhoods are kind of similar in that way. Yes, you yeah, know, I mean, that's all well, they wanted to see. That's that's exactly why do you think so many people voted for Roy Moore, who yeah. is a person who still believes that maybe slavery wasn't such a bad thing, yeah. and and is totally cool with trying to like hit on fourteen because they want to look at one thing one that the other person mm-hmm. is going for, and that's right. so fucked up because mm-hmm. any people who are. Um, what am I looking for? Not pro-life. The other side. Pro-choice. Pro-choice. Yes. Fuck. And I'm pro-choice. Like, you're immediately seen as wanting babies to be killed. And that's well, not the point. Here's you the thing. want the pro- choice Pro-choice is not is not pro-abortion. Or pro-death. Or that's pro- not what anything. that means. It means that it's pro-choice right. for each individual person to make a choice. And if you're a person, too, that's going for gun laws, saying that we have a choice to carry the guns that we have, why can't we have a choice it's, it's for very, what our bodies yeah, are going to be Yeah, it's having? very hard whenever they want to be called pro-life. If you're pro-life, then you also need to be pro-humanitarian in yeah. taking care of the people who we who have are alive. here. What about all the children that, you, that have been born, who are in foster care, who have been abused, mm-hmm. who are not 
Um, but you, yeah, it's it's this weird mentality of being like, we're going to, we're going to force you to have this kid, but we're not going to support you once it's there. And we're going to shame you for yeah. being on government assistance if you need to be. Or, or for having your child come from rape. Or being a single mother or like any of these other issues that you want to force these women who aren't equipped to mm-hmm. have children and when they try and become equipped in whatever way they can by being on government assistance yep. or working maybe a job that and you then might you're not find gonna, to be unseemly. And then you're not going to let them live their lives that way and to support their child right. once the child is born. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, continue. And next, defiantly driving in Saudi Arabia. Which oh, I think yes. This was the Tina Fey movie, right? That came out. I the, didn't watch that I one. I haven't watched it either, but isn't I that always, what it's about? I always think of it in terms of MIA's... Um, uh, bad girls. That is MIA. But I know. She that's had, the only song she I had know. a song that was like, "Live fast, die young." Bad girls, we do it well, and that was. Oh, I'm gonna listen to that. And it was home. about yeah, and the video is totally like women from like Saudi Arabia. Ugh, driving, I love it. Okay, cool. that was in June 2011. A few dozen women in Saudi Arabia drove, which was illegal, and it was mostly organized through social media. And in 1990, they had a similar strategy, but the demonstration in 2011 was a mu- was much more effective. Um, one woman was actually pulled over by the authorities and was given a ticket instead of arrest, which I think is hey, well, okay, that's so progress. Exactly, right? I think that's cool. <laughs> she was probably driving pretty fast. Progress is progress. That's for sure progress. I thought that was awesome. Um, that's one that just when I read it just like made my heart sing so much Um, and then we're gonna touch on the slut walk Okay, Which, Amber Rose's slut Amber walk Amber Rose's slut walk um, April 3rd, 2011, 3,000 women and men marched the streets of Toronto mm-hmm. um, angered by the comments of a police officer who advised women not to dress like a slut if they don't want to be or if they want to avoid sexual assault <sighs> Uh, which turned my, into my 50, heart just oh I know the things right? that just happened in my chest right was like a very strong burn yeah oh my god I know and and that's the thing is that like I've seen I had a friend recently but she wore a shirt that said like no bras no problem or something like that and she was catcalled in a very crude way and her family was like we just want you to be safe like don't put yourself in that position and I'm like how sad is that that you have to be so concerned about like I have a shirt that I drew um where I literally put it on and took a marker and drew my boobs Uh on it and I can't I've worn it to like friends houses but I wear a sweatshirt over it um here's the thing because I have to be it's funny but I have to be concerned about people making comments because I have to be worried about people making comments about my chest anyways they will and they will here's the thing and it, it is horrible it is horrible that we have to think about things like that and we shouldn't have to and a and a person who's like a law enforcement officer should never yeah. Ever. Ever. Say something like that because you know that the word slut is derogatory and yes. you're using it in a way that's exactly. derogatory. And um but but at the same time, that is the case. I, I mean it is the say, case. There's truth in that he shouldn't have used that word, but there is truth that if you want to avoid a lot of But I think the slut negative walk, attention. Yes. That's but that's the thing. But that's, that's why, why it needs that to exist. Needed to happen because yes. I and this is something that she said where I need to if I am butt naked on your bed Absolutely. and change my mind and say no. Still that's not asking okay. for it. I'm not asking for it. It's if okay. I walk down the street literally with nothing on, 
you don't have the right to violate my body. Exactly. It does not matter. Like, I understand that that's not the word, world that we live in, but we but need to why change... why not try to make that exactly. the world that we're living we in? We need to change the dialogue. The, narr- the narrative yes. needs to be changed. It needs to not be, what were you doing? What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? It needs to be, what was he doing? Yep. What's wrong with him? Even she. Yeah. Why is she shaming this other woman? Yeah. And or any me, of that stuff. It Because it doesn't, again, it doesn't... A person's naked body shouldn't be offensive no, to you. No. And it also shouldn't... I think we... And it shouldn't automatically be such a hypersexual thing either. That's no, the thing. That, that's exactly true. That's what I mean is also just like when we have this kind of like, well, what did you expect to happen? It's like, I don't know. I expect men to be human beings who are able to control their impulses. And if, and if you're a man who's saying that boobs are always going to be sexual, well, what about when you were sucking on them when you were a kid? <laughs> Is that sexual, too? Were well, you sexually attracted and, to your and, mother? And beyond that, I understand that, like, socially, they're sexual. However... Right. In the right fucking context. Well, and I mean, and, and regardless of any of that, you still have control over what you do. You yes. don't get you you don't get a pass for being like, well, I just couldn't help it. Her boobs were in my face. It's like you could yes, help you it. You have self control. Yeah. If I can walk away from a situation, you can walk away from a yes. situation. It's That's just, it. Yeah. It's just it's it's very upsetting to me. And I would honestly rather I would rather be the person who is catcalled and ridiculed, being the person that I am who is able to speak back I would rather do that than to have a future daughter of mine or a granddaughter or friend go through that yeah I would rather be that person we need to where switch I, where I have a bit of a where I have a bit of a backbone to be able mm-hmm. to say something like that than to have it happen to somebody who is going to be born years from now or now who doesn't have that voice right and so fucking bring it don't, you know, I don't want to be harassed. I don't want to be hurt. You know what I mean? Well, you but, shouldn't have to be, but that's the... But that's I what think I'm saying. That's... I would rather take that on, to my, on myself than to have it be happening 18 years from now. Right. That's what I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm I, willing, I think that's I'm a big part of... I'm willing to take it a little bit, and I... Well, it's a big part know. of why women protest. That That is what it is. I, saw, mm-hmm. I did see signs today that was like, I march so that my granddaughters don't have to. Exactly. And because I feel like that's what all of this is about. We, we just need to refocus. I think the, the main point of, like, to me, the main point of, of women's marches and feminism in general is not to say, like, we are better than you or anything like that. It's just to refocus where our conversation has been. And our conversation has been so focused on women and what we're doing and how we can control the outcome for mm-hmm. so long that it's like, you know what, though, there's two people in this situation. And how yeah. can how can society and how can harassers and how can all those people also control the outcome exactly. by not doing what they're doing? Which is why we have to speak up and speak back. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and honestly, we have to fight back and speak back with love. And show up. And yeah. show up. Yeah. And, but it has to, for me, it's like as long as I'm showing love for my fellow man and woman, that's what's going to be helpful, even yeah. when I'm angry. I, I think showing love can be shown in a lot of ways, though. It doesn't always mean Oh, like, it doesn't mean that you're sweet, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I don't mean yeah. that at all. It, it can also mean standing up for, of the world. for someone else. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Um. And then we get to the Women's March. Um, And this is what was written in the Time article. It says, to advocate... Or no, this was Wikipedia. My bad. To advocate legislation and policies regarding human rights and other issues, including women's rights, 
immigration reform, healthcare reform, reproductive rights, LGBTQ rights, racial inequality, freedom of religion, and workers' rights. Amen. And it says <laughs> most of the rallies were aimed at Donald Trump. Yes. And it was the largest single-day prote- protest in history, in U.S. history. This was the Women's March last year. It was the largest single-day protest Say it in again U.S. history. For the people in the back. It was the largest single-day <laughs> protest in U.S. history. There was a protest on literally every continent. Yeah. So we're talking Antarctica included. I'm talking... This was the biggest protest in U.S. history. This was probably the biggest protest Worldwide. in our world's history. I would agree. There was um, a protest on every con, all seven yes, continents. That is un fucking insane. And people even came it, out in Antarctica. You know how fucking cold it is. Fucking cold, man. So goddamn cold. <laughs> it's gonna be really loud. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that. There might have it might have been problematic to begin with. They may have wanted to call it the wrong thing. There there might have been something shitty going on in the beginning, but the way that we've turned it around and the people who have turned it around and made it into something powerful and the people like us who are not going to treat this as a social media Instagrammable moment mm-hmm. necessarily are the people that are going to continue to do this forever and that we're not going to stop what was started last year, what was started mm-hmm. when the suffragette movement began in 19. You and know, we're going to continue to push We are going to continue to push the boundaries and the limits of what is acceptable in an intersectional in the way world. that includes everybody yes. and, and, and fights for the rights of every human being because it's about it's it's not feminism isn't just about women it's no. about human rights and in to a exist. way in a way i hope that this energy never ends i hope that there is always a fight to be fought because there's always ways to improve yeah i am not a person who's gonna say i'm good enough as a person i'm good i'm gonna stop i'm not gonna try to better myself i do not accept the best version of myself to be the best. That doesn't mean I have to be the smartest. That doesn't mean I have to be the prettiest. That doesn't mean that I have to be the best at something in particular. That means that I'm never going to be satisfied with my level of um, acceptance and love in the world. There's always a way that I can better myself. And I think that that's why we keep fighting. Absolutely. It's never going to end, and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That means that we're going to constantly support the other people in our lives and be working on ourselves and be improving ourselves and Mm -hmm. learning new things and and making changes so i think that snaps snaps to you madigan that that's absolutely true (laughs) um something cool about the women's march last year it started the 10 actions for the first 100 days to keep the momentum of the march going which i really think um, did a lot, and and the big thing was that sending postcards to our senators. I did that. Hear our voice, and to be calling the senators. I, I mean, did that. I've called senators, <laughs> and they've and their lines are busy, and I think that's fantastic. Like it's such a fun thing, an mm-hmm. amazing thing for me to feel um, engaged. Exactly, and really, exactly. Like you're, you might be making any kind of difference in a exactly, positive way, no matter how yeah. small it is. And yeah. you know how many themes they may try to come up with with march on the polls, with this and that to make this the Coachella of protests. You well, know. here's the thing: if if half a million people show up to these protests, and even two hundred thousand of that half a million, so less than half, if even that many people is really are really engaged and really focused on change, it's still then an it's, amazing. It's thing. worth it, even and if more than even, half are just there for fun. Whatever. And can you show up for fun? And see those people speak and to hear the women and, and men be around you 
and not be affected by that, you're going to be affected by it. No matter what, I I truly believe that if you're going just because someone asked you to go with them, I truly believe that that person is still going to come out with a positive. I truly hope so feeling Mm -hmm. once that's over because how can you not be affected by such passion but i do i do hope and i ask um because i know we're coming to kind of a close here um I, i do hope and i ask that those of you who attended the women's march and and who applauded every time um someone came on stage and talked about um decenter decentering yourself and and focusing on um others or or minority groups that you look into attending marches that are specific to those groups. Yep, and who that are more than just a, you know, general march mm-hmm. as great as the women's marches. Find ways to help those communities mm-hmm. and, um, well, and honestly, center yourself around those communities. I feel like even just listening to these podcasts and listening to what people have to say if you physically can't get to those marches absolutely can't i think that because for me like sometimes my anxiety holds me back from a lot of things understandable and so for me um listening to these podcasts reading about things talking to people like you Mm -hmm. those for me are a lot of the ways that i've been able to grow Mm -hmm. as a feminist and as absolutely and that that's where it starts and then of course there are ways to support um, your community, other communities, organizations, and um, things you really want to be involved in and support mm-hmm. without having to go out. Because I do know that um, you know people with disabilities, people with extreme anxiety disorders, they're not going to be able to get up and, and go do these things. Yeah. That's okay. You're still just as important as anybody else. And you can still make a difference. You can totally. get on the phone. You can you can make phone calls. You can send uh, emails and letters and, yeah. and do and things. You can, and you can talk to the people in your family you can stand Absolutely. up for you can stand up to your friends. That's a big thing. That That's I'm a huge on. thing. You know, even if it just means that, I think that it's great. And always be questioning. Always be learning. Baby steps are steps. Baby steps are still so steps. it's great. Even if you take two steps back, you can take a step forward. <laughs> well, um, we talked a lot. I, we did talk a lot, and I hope that that was a, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of education. Maybe I hope that you guys are still listening. To I it. hope so. I had fun this episode. I I totally had a ton of fun. Um, and we're happy that you listened to us rant for a while because we definitely yeah. did that. I think this is the first time that we've really d- done some actual uh, angry, angry feminist ranting, ranting. Which is what this thing has all... <laughs> that's what started all of this was the conversation about how we needed a healthy environment to rant. So. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening. And uh, uh, Ray John? Ray John, man. All right. What's your name? My name is Keegan. I'm Madigan. And this has been your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. Bye. Bye. Have you ever been stuck on a call you really wish you could get off of? I guess it's official. Oh. I guess we're partners. Thank you. I Here know. we go. I feel like after that incredible dinner that we had with you the other night, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you how much it was. But you try to put two dozen oysters in a spreadsheet, you know, your accountant's not so happy. So can't even write those off when, yeah, it's, when they come from seafood the gets tricky. So right. Conference call follows a down on her luck tech industry wonderkin by the name of Julie Burke, who has no other choice but to partner with two brothers from the reject piles of Shark Tank as they desperately try to develop their next invention. When recordings of Julie's calls with the Toad Bros end up in the hands of an investigative journalist, she presents her audience with the wild twists of Julie's story, showcasing the best of their worst, most cringeworthy phone calls. 
Conference Call, a Paradiso Media production presented by Realm, stars Elizabeth Henstridge, Jeff Ward, Gregory Stees, and Emma Roberts, and featuring Karen Gillen, Beck Bennett, Dimi Dijuibe, Clark Gregg, and many more. Be sure to listen and subscribe to Conference Call wherever you get your podcasts, or learn more at realm.fm.